Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Chiellini, the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. We're talking about 60 years of sports talk experience when Domino and I are together combined. And Westy, you fall right into that category as well. Steve West in for Domino, having some back surgery, says he'll he be is tomorrow. dead. I don't think he's dead, but I don't think he'll be back tomorrow either. But you're a guy that, uh, like I said, the ultimate utility player, whatever you've been asked to do in this town when it comes to radio, you have done, and then some. Well, that's how you maintain a hold in in this industry. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Matt Chernoff about this the other day. I mean, you, myself, he, we go all the way back to the, the genesis of uh, Sports Talk Radio, at least in the two stations competing against each other uh, era. Chris was a part of the original 680, the fan, which launched in, in 1993 and, and had a four-year run there. But uh, Matt Edgar, who was just in the room, uh, used to answer the phones when I would call into the original 680 the fan and he was the gatekeeper and I was a caller known as Steve from Cherokee County and uh, I wouldn't call every day but you know once a week uh, Max and Morgan the Max and Morgan show Max Howell the coach they gave me plenty of leeway there to uh, run my comedy shtick etc and so what I started doing was carrying a AM FM cassette recorder around with me and as I would stop at a payphone sometimes or from my home on the landline I would record the call and then I spliced up all the best material and when we learned that 790 The Zone was going to launch and that Matt Edgar was going to be making the move over in that startup I sent him a tape told him I'd work for not cheap, basically free and uh, I was hired as an intern within four months I was on the air doing NASCAR the next ball I was doing college football with John Kincaid and Chris Cotter and uh, well the rest is his here you are now at the Gypsy Kitchen in the totally renovated and redesigned uh, Buckhead. We're also the home of the Braves, and you can celebrate your six-time National League East champion Atlanta Braves. This Saturday, Braves Fest presented by Delta Airlines going on at Truist Park and the Battery. Player autographs, coach appearances, player photos, interactive stuff. you got to have a ticket, and tickets are free. So download your complimentary no tickets today. And that's right, Buck. Mark your calendars for this Saturday. Free tickets and Tales at Braves.com slash fans. Very positive day. Yeah, it will be. And like we said, this guy has done it all. This guy has talked to Braves. He's talked to Falcons. He's talked to college athletes, pro athletes all around the city of Atlanta. He's led quite the life. And that's why we bring you a day in the life of Westy. All right. Now, we're strict on these clock rules, right? So we got to be out at 12-12. <laughs> we got a solid 10 minutes, yeah. All right, 12.03. We've totally redesigned the show. Never mind Buckhead. Down to nine minutes. <laughs> All right, I'm no stranger to Las Vegas. I go to NBA Summer League every second or third year. Been to see the Vegas Golden Knights play, concert shows, etc. Never had a bad trip to Vegas because I'm not a gambler. Never lost any money. Smart man. Never lost my shirt. Too many other things to spend your money on in Las Vegas, including Vegas Golden Knights hockey. 
And I was there the very first year in their existence. Remember, they made a run all the way to the finals as an expansion team. They've been good pretty much ever since. And then last season, they raised Lord Stanley's Cup for the first time ever. Why are expansion teams in hockey so much quicker to develop? I don't want to sidetrack a day in the life of Westy, but we've seen that, aside from the Thrashers, yeah. a number of times. Yeah, Seattle got out of the gates fast, most recently here. Uh, but no, the Thrashers did not fall into that sad category, or that good category. They were a sad category. Let me get the next hockey team. Third time will be the charm, and we will get the next hockey team. I'm confident of that. Um, but Vegas raised the trophy, so they had an early season game against my childhood team, the L.A. Kings, because there was no Ducks in Southern California in those days. They didn't come till the 90s, and I liked the Lakers, so I obviously always followed the Kings as well. And so, good matchup. L.A. off to a good start. Vegas off to a good start. Sold out crowd. When T-Mobile Arena is sold out, and you go out of the portal, into the portal, and look up at the crowd, it's sold out. Every seat is occupied all the way to the top of that building. The pregame entertainment and presentation is legendary. Uh, it's a first-class event. So I'm walking through New York, New York Casino, which is the first time I've actually ever been in the casino. And I could have stayed there and watched the game. Don't have a ticket yet. Go to the ticket window. I say, can I get a single seat? There are three single seats left in the entire building. What are the ads? How much are those seats? $438 each. I'm like, whoa. I don't know how I feel about paying $438 to see a hockey game to a building I've already been in when I can just go over here to New York, New York and watch the game. Or on the big screen out of the plaza outside the building where all the pregame activity took place. But in my research, before I got out there, I saw that there was a $46 obstructed view seat. Okay? Not standing room only where you can see something. It's obstructed view. Way up in the rafters behind the American flag and the Canadian flag, at the very top of T-Mobile Arena, there's this club. And the club is reserved for groups that, well, pay to use the club. But there's this general foyer lobby-type area that has all kinds of flat-screen televisions and bars. And so for $46, you can go up there. You can't see down onto the ice. You see the roof. But you're in the arena. You're in the arena. You see the American flag, the back of the American flag, the back of the Canadian flag, and you're in there. Give me one of the $46 seats. Because who says that I have to go up there at all? I'm just going to hang on the 100 level all night. Like I right? said, you get your foot in the door, yeah. and then you do what you want anyway. I mean, eventually I'll go up there and check it out and see what it is, and I did. But so I'm going around to 100 level and just doing some recon. It's been six years since I've been in the building. There's some new things, including this club called the Ghost Lounge. And Ghost is a Las Vegas-based energy drink that is the official energy drink of T-Mobile Arena and the two primary tenants, the Vegas Golden Knights and UFC. So I see Ghost Lounge. I think that's cool. It's right on the center ice, 100 level, velvet rope situation. I'm not getting in there, right? I finally find this bar area that has tables on the 100 level, and I settle in there, and I'm able to uh, order some drinks, and I'm through the portal, I'm able to look down and see the ice, and there's no uh, uh, usher or security people that are hassling me, and so I build a relationship with the girl that's serving me there, and her name is Summer, and I complimented her on her, quote, sexy glasses, and so we're hitting it off pretty well. Summer with the sexy glasses. Yeah, yeah. like Lisa Loeb thing going on. Right, I got you. And so 
she obviously, you know, we kind of had a thing going there. But she says, well, look, you've been here for a while. This is in the first intermission. You've been here for a while. How would you like to watch the rest of the game in the ghost lounge? I'm like, yeah, but how are you going to make that work? She's like, follow me. My boyfriend works there. So we walk through T-Mobile Arena. We go down this hallway, come out, and now we're at the entrance of the ghost lounge. Security waves her through. She unlatches the velvet rope and tells me to enjoy the rest of my evening. So I went from a $46 view with no view to now I'm between the blue lines in this exclusive club ghost lounge watch the rest of the game there got an upgrade great situation and that's my most recent day in the life of westy so and yes there was a young woman involved so i think what we can learn from this day in the life of westy is when you're traveling much like we do show prep do trip prep because if you didn't know about those 46 dollars tickets you wouldn't have been in the ghost lounge no and when i went to Lollapalooza in chicago i last minute did that too okay i'm gonna i pay i I overpaid for that. I paid $400 for that. But I'm going to see 10 or 11 bands that I know and be exposed to four or five others that I don't know. In fact, Colin McHugh, who just announced his retirement uh, after 11 years of Major League Baseball, he was at one of the shows, uh, the bands that I was seeing at Lollapalooza, Beauty School Dropout, the pop punks from California. So you just never know what's going to happen. But again, I'll pay $400 to see 10 or 11 bands. I'm not going to pay $400 to see a hockey game. Just not going to do it. And it worked out. What didn't work out was Arthur Smith this year with the Falcons and numerous cases of the impossible happening when it comes to the Falcons this year. And Grady Jarrett is going to be here where we are at the Gypsy Kitchen for the Lunch with a Legend series brought to you by First Horizon Bank. And hopefully we'll talk to him about a number of things. I don't know if we want to bring this up with him, but the helmet worn by Will Levis in that historic NFL debut that he made against the Falcons is now on display at the Pro Football Hall of Fame because he threw for 238 yards and four scores as the Titans won that shootout wearing the Oilers uniforms, if I am not mistaken. Correct. By a final of 28 to 23, he became just the third quarterback in NFL history to record four touchdown passes in his NFL debut, joining Fran Targenton. And here's where, to a certain extent, it comes full circle for Arthur Smith. Marcus Mariota. How about that? Marcus Mariota played for the Falcons last season and, of course, was with the Eagles this year. But what a performance for Will Levis. And it wouldn't be the first time a guy had a breakout game against the Falcons. Remember, Geno Smith for the Jets, Monday Night Football. What a horrible night oh, that Josh was. Josh Dobbs this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it happens a lot to the Falcons. Unfortunately, this year it happened too many times. And in retrospect, I stick to what I said. He should have been gone, Arthur Smith, after that loss to Arizona. Because they lost at home to Minnesota. And then it was Kyler Murray's debut coming back from a torn ACL. And somehow, someway, they pulled that game out. You go into the bye at that point, I think you reached the point of no return. I saw Browning Nagel throw for 366 yards in the opening regular season game at the Georgia Dome in 1992. I don't think he matched that number ever since. Was he playing for the Jets? He was playing for the Jets, who were wearing the sack exchange uniforms, which evidently they're going to go back to after, now that the five-year rule has expired. I wonder what the Falcons will do when the five-year rule expires on these uniforms, which they've never had a winning season in, Nick. Uh, That's reason alone to jettison them. I, I cannot uh, argue against what you just said. Uh, Jesse Bates, we know he is 
coming back. He was named All-NFL and All-NFC by the Pro Football Writers of America. Chris Lindstrom was named All-NFC, and that's it when it comes to the Falcons. Well, Jesse Bates was on a very short list of the best free agent signings in the most recent uh, offseason period. Great football player. I'm really good. glad that he's an Atlanta Falcon. Yeah, it worked out. But like I said, with Ryan Nielsen and this defense, a lot of times when they needed to get that one last stop, they couldn't get that one last stop. It happened to me despite the stats way too many times this year. So a lot of people are talking about Arthur Smith and the problems offensively. There were some issues at the wrong time. They kind of, I don't want to say laid down, but they didn't do their job defensively as well. Well, you went from a historically bad defense that was 30th, 31st, or 32nd in most metrics to top 10 to the teens in most metrics. But you're absolutely right. There are four or five instances this season where the defense was on the field at the end of the game and had to close things out, and they weren't able to do that. i got to believe part of that is a function of depth. i got to believe part of it is the absence of Grady Jarrett for most of the season, which at the time I said, look, this is going to have an immediate effect, but even more ominously, it's going to have a cumulative effect over the course of the season. And I thought, I think that we saw that come to uh, uh, bear out over the course of the year. And we'll talk to Grady Jarrett, recovering from that injury, see how he feels. He is going to be here for that Lunch with a Legend series brought to you by First Horizon Bank. Where are we? Well, we're with Grady at Gypsy Kitchen in Buckhead. It's Westy in for Domino. It's Cellini. And when we come back, more record sets of eyes on the NFL this weekend. Back to the league we go next. It's the fan 680 and 93.7 FM. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Gypsy Kitchen in Buckhead is where we are. The Lunch with a Legend series with Grady Jarrett brought to you by First Horizon Bank. We'll start shortly. In fact, the man joins us right now, Grady Jarrett of the Falcons. Good to see you, sir. How you doing? Doing well. How about yourself? Uh, doing well. How's the knee? Knee's getting much better. Much better. It's a process, but it's getting much better. Yeah, I guess you just have to be patient. You're going to have some good days and some bad days. Got to be patient, but got to work my tail off, too. You know? yeah. So it's a uh, two-way street and, uh, you know, doing the most I can to get back right. And not just saying it because you're here. Uh, we've talked about it on the show about you. You sign your contract. I think a lot of guys rest on their laurels when they sign a contract. Mm-hmm. You are the polar opposite. You want to work even harder. Yeah. That's your attitude to prove your worth. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Still, still want to stack it up as much as I can while I got the opportunity to be in the NFL. And uh, it just drive me, make me want to go harder. So a lot of craziness. You've seen this before, unfortunately. You lose your head coach. You lose your defensive coordinator. 
as a veteran on this team, what's the mindset you have to take to kind of set the example for others? I mean, at this point, it's still so early in the offseason. So, I mean, my mindset is just being ready for however it go, you know, having no idea who's going to be the guy to come in, you know, on the, um, for the head coach and whatever coordinator, what defense we're going to run, whatever, however it's going to go, I got to be ready, you know, and uh, whatever that's going to look like, you got to be ready to show up and be ready. Grady, the defense made strides this year, no yeah. doubt about it. I think you've been healthy the whole season. Maybe they finished some of those games. Yeah, well, at the end. Coach Nielsen moving along to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. If you would, just say a few words about him. Yeah, man, I think Coach Nielsen was a great coach. I was very fortunate to spend some time with him, uh, have him train me. Um, and I say train because we put that work in. He was a really, really great D-line coach. And I'm, I'm uh, sad that I didn't get a little more time with him, unfortunately, with my knee. And then um, as far as a coordinator, he did a really good job um, getting the same message across to all the guys across the board and getting the best out of a player. So I definitely wish him the best. And uh, But definitely know it's a business at the end of the day. But I enjoyed my time with Nick was just talking about Jesse Bates being named to one of the all-everything teams uh, yeah. there at the end of the season. Tell us about the impact that he made, especially on the back end of that secondary. Yeah, man, Jesse is a great player, um, great signing we had, had a great year. I mean, was one vote away from being an um, AP All-Pro, you know, so he, other than that, he checked all the boxes, and uh, I mean, I mean, just a great, great addition. I mean, the way he can get in, in the run game and be effective, but the way he can rob them interceptions and stuff like that, and the way they allowed him to um, lurk back there to make some plays was um, just awesome. How close is this team? Because we've heard about the talent that's on this team when you look at the roster. How much do you believe this team can turn things around quickly? I think we can turn around really fast. I think it's going to be really important on who we're going to have, you know, just commanding the team, whether it's a head coach, quarterback, because um, the skill, skill, place, skill positions and the lines are solid. Um, obviously, you always want to add on two things, but, I, I mean, I think, um, I mean, like everybody see it when we feel the same way, and uh, we know we can be um, we can be where we want to be, but it's going to um, take some really important decisions to be made to get us there. Grady Jarrett is here with us at the uh, Gypsy Kitchen and Buck at the Lunch with the Legend series. He's going to be a part of that, brought to you by First Horizon Bank. Grady, Falcons played the Lions this year, obviously had the 49ers last year. Y'all beat them in one of the best wins of the season. How do you see this NFC Championship game? I think it's going to be highly competitive, you know. Um, I would almost say, I'm not going to say two different styles because the, the 49ers like to run it too, but the line's are a little more ground and pound straight at you. 49ers, sideline to sideline, horizontal, make, make um, gaps and stuff for uh, McCaffrey to get through. And uh, But the lines are going to line you up, bring it right to you. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a clash of styles, but it's going to be, I mean, they have some of the best at what they do. 49ers are the best at what they do. It's going to be really interesting. To as see. a player, as a defense, you've really got a scheme for McCaffrey, right? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you don't be that successful for that long in the league without being a special a player, and uh, I think with him having the success in San Fran, I mean, just like it was having in Carolina, show you like he's a special player, you know. So you gotta, they gonna scheme to give him the ball. You gotta scheme to stop him. And then in the AFC, it's pick your poison. You got Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, best of luck to you as a defensive lineman. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt, man, two of the best um, quarterbacks ever played the game, man. Young players, but I mean, they had some crazy impact. Both gonna have multiple MVP. I mean, Patrick trades with Super Bowl is this for he about to trace to try to be in Lamar trying to solidify his legacy. I mean, it's going to be a highly competitive fight over there, and they got great skill too, so I mean, that's going, to be a, that's going to be a heavyweight fight. You got to play before you got hurt, obviously, with a guy like Calais Campbell this year. Before we let you go, when did it start to turn the corner for you? When did you 
go from one of the younger players, not that you're Calais' age, but to one of those wiser veteran guys? Did you sense that kind of happening over the course of your career? For me, it's always it's been kind of fast. Like, I, like um, probably after year four or something, going into year five, was like more of a veteran feel for me where I had to be a little more vocal and um, just know that. I always knew people was watching me or whatever, but as far as being leading by example, and then I think every four years comes like a new class of players that come that's like, y'all don't know each other from high school. You know what I'm saying? Like right. recruiting cycles. So now when you get in that year five, they're like, oh, that's because it ain't like you your peers no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like as you get older, more responsibility and uh, something that you just really, really, um, I mean, I, I, I enjoy being in that mode where I can just lead by example, but also use my voice sometimes. And Calais was six and a half sacks this year. Clearly he's something left in the tank. I know you like to see him come back for another season. I love to see him come back. I love to see him come back and uh, I think he got a lot more football left in him and uh, more than, you know, the, the talent and stuff. I think just the love he got for the game, man, I think it's just something that uh, he, he and I, I don't think he's ready to walk away from it. I'm, and as his you know, friend and teammate, I, I, would, I would love to play with him again. Finally, I know it's a business. You said that uh, already and we all understand that, but all of that being said, should it be Bill Belichick? How bizarre would that be? Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. It was kind of took me back. I guess why does? I mean, everybody's saying it like it's a done deal. So right. I, I, I haven't heard nothing. So I mean, I think I'm, I'm just kind of watching like the fans, not seeing who it's going to be, and excited. But it's, I think it's a lot of good candidates out there, and um, I think everybody like the, like the team doing, taking the due time, and to make a make a make a good decision, casting the big net, seeing what's out there, see what other guys thinking, and uh, picking the, picking the brain, and not just thinking it's just a automatic one and plug, you know, based off you know past history, whatever it may be. So I. I I, I like how they take out the time with it. So. All right, Grady, we appreciate you coming by. Uh, continued success in the rehab, the upcoming season. Looking forward to seeing you today at the Lunch with the Legend Series. Thanks yes, for saying sir. hello. Yep, thank you. There he is, Grady Jarrett of the Falcons. Gypsy Kitchen and Buckhead is where we are. It's the Lunch with the Legend Series brought to you by First Horizon Bank. Grady Jarrett going to be entertaining you and taking some questions, and I would hate to line up against him as an interior offensive lineman. Well, certainly that is a... Uh, uh, a number that's going to be up in the ring of honor one day at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. There's no doubt about that. One of the greatest Falcons ever. His work ethic is unmatched. And again, not saying it just because he was here. We've said it over the years on the show. He signed that contract, and he wanted to justify that contract as opposed to it being the other way around, stealing money, which we've seen. Yeah, and obviously, as we were saying a moment ago, that injury was felt both in the immediate sense and I feel like over the course of the remainder of the season. Rehabbing hard, he's going to be back next year, and let's hope the Falcons can take that next step. All right, how a basic joke went sideways out west this weekend. That story in about five minutes. Punching it in from the goal line. This is the drive into the red zone. Brought to you by Realtree, your number one source for camouflage and the great outdoors. Realtree, family, friends, and the outdoors at Realtree.com. All right, let's start, though, with the television ratings, Westy, through the roof as expected. Sunday's game between the Buccaneers and Lions generated an average audience of 40.4 million viewers combined on NBC and Peacock. Around 3.3 million, they wanted to let you know, did watch it on the Peacock app. Well, I think the obvious thought on my part is, with apologies to the Dallas Cowboys, outside of the Kansas City, Baltimore, and Bay Area markets, 
The Detroit Lions are America's team right now, Nick. Exactly. Everyone is in the in, on the Lions bandwagon. Saw lots of Bob Seeger uh, at the game. Uh, Eminem. You heard from Eminem. We're still looking for Kid Rock. But this is a thing. That 89-year-old Lions fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a thing right now. I got and, to fight way back yeah. with Bobby Lane. He punched right. my teeth out. Correct. But there's storylines galore is yeah. my point and your point. You go back to Greg Landry, Bill Munson, Bill Eric Munson. Kramer. I, I mean, just... 1991 was the last time, and the only other time that they've played in an NFC Championship game. Jared Goff has rehabilitated his career there. Uh, they've built a solid offensive line. They've got an excellent receiver. They've got the tight end. They've got the two backs. They can score points. They're entertaining. They're fun. And the decibel levels were off the chart. I haven't seen the numbers from Sunday, but the previous week's game, something like 103.6 was the fourth highest ever recorded in a National Football League stadium. I think that America loves teams and fan bases that have suffered and struggled. And when they get to that point where they're about to break through, I think the rest of us that don't have a dog in the fight jump on board. When Robert Alford took that pick six against the Patriots all the way back and Tom Brady's laying prone on the AstroTurf, Nick, outside of New England, everybody in America was an Atlanta Falcons fan. And the guy Everyone. that was just sitting right next to us had three sacks in that game. Yes. He had been the MVP of that Super Bowl. If the Falcons went on to win, we will never know. But going back to the numbers in this game between the Bucks and Lions, it became NBC's most watched original playoff game since 1994 when the Chiefs and Joe Montana played in the old Houston Astrodome against Buddy Ryan and his Oilers defense and Warren Moon. That game had an average audience of 41.1 million Kansas City going there and winning that game. I'm guessing that was probably a bad weather day across most of the United States because it's hard for me to imagine the Oilers and those Chiefs necessarily Joe Montana, garnering that kind of audience. But you're absolutely with Marty Schottenheimer, the coach in those uh, days. I believe you're right. Yeah. Um, and I remember Joe Montana came with the Chiefs into uh, the, the Georgia Dome at that stage of his career. But you're right. It's been a long time since those numbers have been equaled, if not surpassed. And CBS also said that the nightcap on Sunday evening, the Chiefs and Bills, the most watched divisional round game ever, almost 50.4, as in 5-0, 50.4 million viewers. And I'm not surprised. Well, That's the game everybody was waiting for. And this was a cold weekend over much of the United States, but you're absolutely right. The divisional round is the best. Um, the times that the Falcons have gotten there, it's been outstanding. Uh, I just would I'm, – look, I'm not asking to make a Super Bowl run or NFC Championship run every year, but I would just like to be knocking on the door of getting to that weekend, divisional round weekend. You're absolutely right. It's the best weekend in pro football. And Tyler Bass had to delete everything off of social media. The Bills kicker was getting death threats. And if you're wondering if the world was paying attention, this is Radio Korea. Not like 790 Radio Korea, but literally Radio Korea with the call of that missed kick. It's tough, man, when you're on the receiving end of stuff like that, if you're Tyler Bass, I understand. Something about Buffalo and kicks. I said it on social media. If I were him, I wouldn't have been sitting on that bench. I think I would have beaten the crowd out of there. 
You could just send my stuff to me. You know, getting in my car and getting out of Dodge. You know, that kind of enthusiasm, I wonder how long it is before the NFL is playing a game in Seoul. Listen, they're playing everywhere else. (laughs) Why stop? The Ravens, we talked about their number, 31.8 million in the divisional round in a game that was seen on ESPN. Um, It was the most watched NFL game ever for ESPN as well. So we wonder if the NFL is king. The NFL is king. I don't know if it's always going to be king, but it doesn't look like anybody is going to knock the NFL off its perch anytime soon. And this upcoming weekend, it was a great time last weekend watching these games. And this weekend's going to be fun as well. When you look at these matchups, you got to figure, and I know, you never know. Right, that's why there's big buildings in Vegas where you were not too long ago. But you got to figure on paper these games are going to go down to the wire as well. Yeah, and it wasn't that long ago, and I'm not going to get into the reasoning. But there were people that swore off the NFL and they were done with the NFL for whatever reason. Well, politically, the yeah. NFL, I know, down the hall, Extra yeah. 106.3 yeah, is our yeah, yeah. our conservative news talk station, the only yeah. one in the city of Atlanta, by the way. Correct. I know you can hear Los and Tug and Rhino and in the morning. You got yeah. Kimmer and Pete Davis yeah. in the afternoons. You want to talk more about that over there? My point is. Politically, on both sides of the fence, the NFL upset people. No matter what your political stance was, they upset everybody. And yet still, the numbers are like this. Well, they all came back. All those folks that swore it off and said they'd never watch it again have all come back. That's obvious. And also what's obvious is Mac Jones has worn out his welcome in New England. I guess the report is now when Gerard Mayo got the job, he mentioned that Mac Jones was there working out. And it pleased him. Uh, Somebody told the Boston Sports Journal that he was in workout gear. Mac Jones, which is ironic, since he cleared his entire locker out at the end of the season. Not a single hanger, completely empty. Everyone's watched him play. They've watched him act like a prima donna. The team is sick of it. Everybody's sick of it. And this is why it goes back to Bill Belichick. I cannot give you control. I cannot let you make the draft picks. You took this guy in the first round. Among others. Well, that's a new nightmare scenario for me. And Matt Chernoff was talking about this back before Art Smith got fired. Chuck and Chernoff were coming on right after us here at 2 o'clock hour. Uh, Matt's nightmare scenario was that Art Smith kept his job and he would bring in Ryan Tannehill. Okay, my new nightmare scenario is is that Bill Belichick gets the job and brings in Mac Jones. I can't have Do you that. want the stadium to be even more empty? than it was over the past couple of years. Try something like that yeah. see what happens. I mean, I'd rather have Bailey Zappi at this point. Which is not really saying all that much, but I understand what you're saying. He was the starting quarterback at the end of the year. And it will be. It's got to be. You know, you're human beings, first and foremost. Grady kind of didn't want to answer the question, but you're looking around at these guys. If you're a veteran that played in that Super Bowl back in 2016, the end of that season, like Grady Jarrett, and you're seeing these guys in the building now, I know if Rocky and Apollo can mend fences, isn't anything possible, but it's strange. Well, it would be a great story. Um, the optics, literally and figuratively, would be interesting, uh, to say the least. Uh, it would be great for guys like us. But then Jim Harbaugh would be great for guys like sure us. Sure would. Jim Harbaugh, would. the optics would be great. Jim Harbaugh maybe, I think, is the guy to resurrect the career of Justin Fields. Maybe more so than Belichick. 
I'm on the Harbaugh bandwagon, believe it or not, at this point. Um, I don't think you're alone. If I had to choose between Belichick and Jim Harbaugh, I'm taking Jim Harbaugh. Now, the question is, Jim Harbaugh, with that second interview with the Chargers, is he going to leave Los Angeles without that job? Because his people are telling other people that by the end of the week, he's going to make his decision. So I got a feeling he's going to go there and dot all of the I's and cross all of the T's, and he's going to be announced as the head coach of the Chargers. Yeah, well, here's or he's going to go back to Michigan. Yeah, well, here's the choice. Dysfunctional, historically dysfunctional franchise without a quarterback, historically dysfunctional franchise with a quarterback. I've said this more than once. The San Diego L.A. Chargers are the Atlanta Falcons of the AFC. They are. Look at their history. And the Spanos family is a mess, but Harbaugh, you would assume, is going to go there and have total control. Now, either way, if you hire a Harbaugh or you hire a Belichick, what is Rich McKay's role? He's going to have to be reassigned because he's not going to be making any football decisions. I wanted to get your thoughts because, again, we haven't been together of that press conference because it was, to me, I walked out of there with my head spinning. It was bizarre. Yeah, I did see your postings on various social media platforms, and the absence of the general manager in Tintino was the first thing. Speaking of strange objects. Just bad optics. Uh, optics. Um, yeah, the, the bizarre. But, again, Tell me what Rich McKay's role has been since Mercedes-Benz was finished and, and, and the doors opened. Because my understanding, uh, the years 2014, 15, 16, 17, basically the stadium was his baby. I didn't know that he was still involved in personnel decisions. I'm not sure he was. But I think once Dimitrov left, everybody started reporting to him. I think he's one of those guys that is going to be passive-aggressive. You know, uh, it's not my job. I'm just going to tell you how I would do things. He's one of those guys. Okay. Nobody necessarily asked you, and you're going to offer it up that way. I know nobody asked me, but, uh, you know, I'm just looking at this uh, corner out of Nebraska. Maybe we want to take a guy like this. One uh, of those deals. Uh, it's just such a it's a quandary here for the Falcons. Admittedly, Belichick is the greatest of all time. When was the last time he made a deep run in the playoffs? When was that last time that was uh, a consistently winning franchise? It, it's been a while now. Um, and again, this team could use the credibility. They could use the clout. They could use the the, uh, the optics and the, and the shot in the arm from a public relations standpoint. My God, Stephen A. Smith is talking about the Falcons, and they're not even in the postseason. That's because of Bill Belichick. I just think you can get a lot of the same benefits with Harbaugh, but as you said, the odds look overwhelmingly like he could be headed towards, towards San Diego. If you remember, after Mike Smith was fired, Remember, I was on the Rex Ryan bandwagon at that point. I wanted the eyeballs. I wanted the clicks. I wanted the attention. I wanted the looks. Well, in year two, Dan Quinn has the Falcons in a Super Bowl. How stupid was I looking? I'll say this, though. Given five years, Rex Ryan's defense would have been better at the end of the day than, than Dan Quinn's. Uh, Will Anderson from Houston says, I don't think people understand how much better we're going to be next year. And Bobby Slowick is, the, as of right now, still the offensive coordinator with the Texans. The Falcons have requested a second interview with him. He comes from the Shanahan coaching tree, and that's what I appreciate about a guy like that. Take away the end of 28-3. to Just look at his offenses and look at guys like that and look at what a guy did in that offense with a rookie quarterback, a true rookie quarterback, even though they came up short against the best team in the AFC in the Baltimore Ravens. That's why, from the get-go, I was very, very intrigued by Bobby Slope. All right, speaking of Shanny, and I've brought this up on several other shows, but I haven't mentioned it to you. There's a guy out there right now 
that has previous NFL head coaching experience. He had a winning record for his time with the franchise. He had a 12-4 and season. He won a playoff game. He's an offensive guy, and he's coaching running backs and associate head coach right now for Kyle Shanahan, and that's Anthony Lynn, who was formerly of the Chargers. Why isn't he being mentioned in that list of candidates? Um, He is not, but it's a a valid question as to why not. Sean McDermott is addressing the media today, and apparently there's going to be a situation offensively. Is Joe Brady going to be back or not? Remember, they replace... Ken Dorsey with Joe Brady. They went 6-7, they win the AFC East, and then they come up short again against Kansas City. Is it similar to Mike McCarthy? Are you starting to hear the voices saying, maybe you need to change at the top because with a coach, sometimes you can only go so far. It doesn't look like McDermott is going anywhere, but you, you got to figure he's going to have to advance further next year or there could be a change similar to Dallas. Yeah, and maybe Belichick's looking down the road a year, although I don't know how many years you can look down the road when you're when you're already 72, but it would seem to me that Buffalo, the history of that franchise, the fact that they're going to be going into a building, a new building uh, that's being constructed uh, right now, and the Cowboys just being the Cowboys, maybe those would be better situations long term, and maybe you do television for a year. I'm apologizing to you because I don't remember if you said it or not. Have you ever been to Jerry World yet, the new stadium? I have only been to the exterior of Jerry World when I toured the Globe Life Choctaw Stadium, AT&T Stadium, Megaplex over there in Arlington. Haven't been to the inside. I was inside Texas Stadium. The old stadium. Is it true that the crickets were all over the field at Texas Stadium? It was a really hot day in the middle of the summer when I took the tour. I didn't see any crickets. I think they were in the darker recesses Uh, of the building. We used to work with a guy that swears that swears the year after the Falcons went to the Super Bowl in 99 when Jamal Anderson blew out his knee, he slipped on a slew of crickets. There were crickets all over the turf. That was was a Monday night game, so that's a possibility. That was uh, Tony Graziani actually started that game, did he not? Former Oregon Duck. Right? They misconnect on a bomb to start the game, and then it changes the entire landscape of the rest of, well, the career of Jamal Anderson the well, rest lose, of the season. You sir. lose your starting quarterback, you lose your running back who had, what, almost 1,900 yards of scrimmage the year before, and, uh, yeah, that kind of sunk the 99 season. And that's the one thing that I learned that year, that even if a guy walks or jogs off the field, that doesn't mean he didn't blow out his knee, because Jamal, without a limp, walked off the field that day, and everybody said, ah, he'll be fine, and he wasn't. No, uh, you, sometimes you can walk away from something on Saturday night, Sunday morning, as we all know. Uh, entirely different scenario. It was a rough weekend for Tyler Bass of the Bills. It was a rough weekend for Packers kicker Andres Carlson. And I guess Tom Rinaldi from Fox quoted the Green Bay coach Matt LaFleur saying, he basically said when he goes out there, I just pray. That's the quote. I just pray. Now, LaFleur said, I was joking. Tom Rinaldi took it out of context. Shout out to Jesus. I'm not sure if it's true or not, but I do know if you're Matt LaFleur, you need to say that. It was a joke. I'm not going to throw my kicker under the bus. Well, given that revelation, now maybe does it make some sense why they went for it on fourth down on the 14-yard line early in the game and put themselves in a position where they were chasing points right from the start? And didn't that end up being a three-point differential at the end? Speaking of which, what are your thoughts on all this analytics stuff? We saw the Buccaneers play the analytics. I just think you're looking at numbers, but you have to think about the mindset of your team as well, if we succeed or, more importantly, if we fail. Yeah, There's a human element that I think is very often being overlooked. I like to take the sure thing or the more sure thing, in this case, the three points, in that case, maybe the one point. Um, 
But again, we're seeing this more and more in all sports. I mean, that's the amazing thing about the relationship between Alex Anthopoulos uh, and Brian Snicker. Snit is definitely of the old school. He didn't come up with the analytics thing. Double A is definitely the analytics generation here. The two have found a middle ground here and are working it, but analytics are here to stay. There was a respect factor there between the two. You're right. You can meet in the middle. Ty Law was on the Dan Patrick Show. Now, he played for the Patriots from 95 through 2004, was on three Super Bowl winning teams. He said that he and other Patriots players would drink whiskey out of a flask during practices provided by Mike Vrabel. Yeah, that Mike Vrabel, who might be the Falcons or somebody else's head coach. Now, he also said they would drink in the car while driving to practice as well. He said, not that I condone that, but I'm wondering how many other... I'm not saying you were bombed. He said they never drank prior to games and during games. But, you know, in practice, take the edge off a little bit, go out there and have a nip or two. And in the NFL, practice isn't what you envision as the season goes on. A lot of times, it's just a glorified walkthrough. You remember Mac Jones and North Dallas 40 having a having a beer and a smoke in the uh, in the whirlpool Mac there. Mac Davis, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mac Davis, my bad. Uh, Mac Jones may have done that in New yeah. England. Who knows? Yeah, probably. Now, Lawrence Taylor liked a little stronger stuff during the games, yeah. I had heard. Lawrence Taylor, nobody was going to tell him what to do. He's always the exception to everybody's rule. Parcells, Belichick, and everybody else. All right, when we come back, a troubled world champion seems to find a home. We'll talk more Falcons a little past the top of the hour. The Gypsy Kitchen is where we are. The First Horizon Bank Lunch with a Legend Series is continuing. Grady Jarrett is hosting it. Want to thank him once again for stopping by earlier in this program. Westy's in for Domino. It's Domino. Angelini in Buckhead. It's the fan 680 and 93.7 FM. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. We got 60 plus years of sports talk experience on this program. Even Westy and for Domino today qualifies in that regard. 50 plus with Chuck and Chernoff That's true. in the afternoon. They're going to take you home. They're at the Camish Pavilion. They're doing the show from there prior to tonight's contest. Pitt is in town taking on George Tech, a game you could hear right here on your home of the Jackets, the fan, 680 at 93.7 FM. You can join the fan as we support Special Olympics Georgia and their Polar Plunge. Your donation will decide who the locker room's Brian Finner and her home team will take that icy plunge on February the 24th at Ackworth Beach. The host with the lowest donation amount in their name will make the plunge. So that's how it is going to work. 100% incidentally of your donation will benefit Special Olympics of Georgia and their year-round training. For more information or to register to take the plunge for yourself, go to specialolympicsga.org and click on Polar Plunge 24. 
All right, Nick. North Dallas 40 was released on August 1st, 1979. A brutal satire of American professional football in which a veteran pass catcher's individuality, individuality and refusal to become a part of the team family is bitterly resented by his disciplinary and Sounds coaches. like the Antonio Brown story. Yeah. <laughs> the NFL refused to help in the production of this movie, suggesting it may have been too near the truth for comfort. It's from the novel by the former NFL player Peter Gent. Uh, Nick Nolte, Mac Davis, Bo Svensson, uh, Steve Forrest, Charles Durning, John Matusak, and others in this uh, 1979 film that I referenced a moment ago. Yeah, John Matusak didn't end well for him. No. I think John Matusak was one of those guys that, you name it, he tried it, and it finally backfired on him as he played. Won a couple of Super Bowls, though, with the Raiders when all was said and done. Westy, what was your favorite place to go to in the old Buckhead? Because you've done and seen it all, like I said. Yeah, that's a one great place. question. Elbow room? <laughs> the original Tongue and Groove, which was on Peachtree, and you entered at street level, and you went down the stairs to go to Tongue and Groove. Uh, Jason Kofar, Blythe Bravaldo, and I went there after we left the 680 The Fan Christmas Party at the Ritz-Carlton and continued uh, the party down there. But the original Tongue and Groove, it's over at Lindbergh Plaza now, but it started out right here on Peachtree. Did you ever have the fish bowls at Lulu's, which I always felt were very unsanitary? Lulu's Bait Shack was a place that I had frequently uh, frequented. And also Cobalt was a club over here uh, on the corner uh, off of Bowling Way there. Uh, I used to go there after work when I had a real job back in Buckhead. That turned into something else, and that's where the Ray Lewis uh, correct took place. That right? is correct. And some would say that's when Buckhead was uh, never the same. Speaking of uh, troubled, the Falcons are forced to, as they're troubled, cross this name off their list. We'll go back to the coaching search a little past the top of the hour. But Aroldis Chapman, he just keeps finding teams. He is troubled over the years. He is now going to play. I think he played with four teams now in a year's time. He won a ring with the Rangers last year. Got a ring uh, way back when with the Cubs in 2016. He has signed a one-year deal with the Pirates worth $10.5 million. 321 career saves, third best among active closers. But you look at guys like this, and I know Marcelo Zuna is here, but for the most part, these are the type of guys that Alex Anthopoulos is not going to roll the dice on. Yeah, the what $15 million a year deal that Ozuna got really is the one time that AA has kind of gone outside the blueprint, uh, so to speak. And a lot of folks were maybe questioning the uh, worth of that deal until Ozuna basically had a career season last year after a dreadful, dreadful start. I remember your partner, Chris Domino, was just about over it during that 5-51. Well, I'll, I'll raise my hand. Yeah. I think all of us were. It was beyond improbable what he was able to do to close out that season. Yeah. Beyond improbable. Incredible. And, and let's face it, he would have been released. If not for that contract, he would have been gone. 40 homers, I believe, he ended up with. And again, Snit stuck with him, kept running him out there, and uh well, lo and behold, he turned it around in a spectacular fashion. Want to uh, send some well wishes to Ryan Sandberg as well. He has been diagnosed. He made the announcement with prostate cancer. Really a guy that was the face of the Cubs when they were on WGN for so many years when there weren't a lot of quality players around him. And, of course, he served an apprenticeship with the Cubs AAA affiliate there in Iowa before taking over uh, as the manager. Uh, like a lot of managerial moves there in Chicago didn't necessarily work out for the best. But uh, Ryan Sandberg, just 64 years of age, obviously thoughts and prayers. It is our 
X-Platform question of the day brought to you by Harris Cherokee Casino. The Oscar noms came out today. Zach Efron did not get an Oscar nom. Now, I am not sure about the timeline for the Iron Claw. He plays one of the Von Erich brothers in that movie. Was not nominated from what I understand, but I agree. But what was the single best acting performance you've ever seen is our X-Platform question of the day in honor of the Oscar nominations. Sports-wise, you mentioned North Dallas 40. What is the best performance you've ever seen in a sports movie? That's the question I ask you, Steve West, as I put you on the spot. Wow, that's a tough question. And is I was Forrest Gump? I wasn't ready for that, for that performance. I'm going to go with... Uh, James Kahn as Brian Piccolo in Brian's song. He looked the part. He sounded the part right down to the southern accent. Uh, looked like he could could have played football. I'm sure he did at some point uh, in his pre-acting uh, career. Michigan State or at least tried to play yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, he, he looked, acted, sounded every bit the part of the former Wake Forest Demon Deacon and Chicago Bear running back. Um, I had a chance to meet him years ago. What was the old, was it the All-Star Cafe that was in downtown like John Elway, Tiger Woods, they were all invested in it. And somehow, some way, we got invited to it. My brother was the MC. It was at the corner of Peachtree and Baker. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking My about. My brother was the MC. He was working at CNN at the time, but like Meatloaf was there. It was a quite the eclectic bunch of people that were there. James Conn was there, and he was like 5'7. He was a lot smaller than I thought he was. But I think a lot of the actors are a lot smaller than you would believe, right? I have heard that. Tom Cruise is not a big guy, right? Mm, from what I understand. He is not. He's just a little fella, you know. Yeah. So the camera adds, what, 10 pounds? <laughs> adds seven. I don't inches. know if it adds any hey, height. <laughs> <laughs> but Meatloaf was there, and at the time, Chernoff was like 21, 22, and he really couldn't hold his liquor. Yeah, a lot of us couldn't at that age. So he's going over a song with Meatloaf, and he's reciting the lyrics to Meatloaf, and Meatloaf corrects him, and he goes, no, no that's not it. I'm like, come here, dude. That's enough. Meatloaf. You're telling Meatloaf he's getting his own song lyrics wrong. Come God here. rest his soul. Yeah, it is, it is time to end that conversation. Anyway, today is January the 23rd. What else happened on this date in history? There's a lot of history rolling around in Domino's brain. Time to get some out. Off we go. It's the Week in Sports History presented by Urology of Greater Atlanta. Celebrating 50 years of excellence, their team of top-rated urologists offers treatment options that have helped men and women throughout Metro Atlanta. Visit them online today at UGATL.com. We'll focus on baseball. This is also brought to you by Truist, of course, the Fan Fest at Truist Park this weekend. Braves.com slash Fan Fest. Get your free ticket today. 1962 on the state. Bob Feller and Jackie Robinson elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame, their first year of eligibility. Stan Musial named the Cardinals GM on the state in 1967. Ralph Kiner elected to the Hall of Fame by one single vote on the state in 1975. Willie Mays goes into the Hall of Fame after getting 409 of the 432 votes on the date in 1979. Fred Lynn is traded from the Red Sox to the Angels on this date for Joe Rudy, Frank Tanana, and a minor league prospect. Now, I bring this up. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but look at the complete games that a guy like Frank Tanana, a relative unknown. If you're a baseball guy, you know the name, but look at how many, if you guys can look it up back in the studio, how many complete games he threw over the course of his career. 
In one season, he had an astronomical number, and in his career, astronomical. It's things we'll never see again. He pitched into his 40s. He was a Detroit, Michigan native, uh, broke in with the Angels. He and Nolan Ryan were at the top of that rotation in the middle of the 1970s. It was as good a one-two punch as there was in the American League, if not Major League Baseball at that time. Uh, as you said, traded, uh, and then later had some good years with Detroit. Uh, blew out his arm, and then he was a hard thrower to that point. Then he had to learn how to pitch, and he was a junk baller uh, and a location specialist, and as I said, made it into his 40s. Frank Tanana was, uh, uh, had a remarkable career. 2015 on this date, the Mariners signed Ichiro to a one-year deal. They re-signed him at the age of 45 in 2019 because he wants to finish his career and specifically play for Seattle when they opened the season in Japan that year on March the 20th. Another one of those guys that really was a trendsetter because up to that point, you were signing Japanese players that were just pitchers. He was really the first position player to come in and make noise. Yeah, and of course, uh, we've had a few that have made noise since, including one that's uh, going to be going up the 5 freeway to play his baseball this season. And then, of course, they also signed, as you mentioned a moment ago, a, a pitcher to a lot of money who hasn't thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball, but he's coming from Japan as well. All right, when we come back, a major piece leaves the Falcons. What now? It's Domino and Cellini Westy in for Domino, who says he'll be back after back surgery tomorrow. We shall see. The Gypsy Kitchen in Buckhead is where we are. It's the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.